Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast, where we help women who have lost children to build a life of purpose and joy. Our aim is to encourage your hope in the future and strengthen your confidence. I'm your host, Julie Clough, Certified Life Coach and Grief Recovery Specialist. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Episode 20, Loss and the Law of Attraction. Have you guys been as cold as I have this winter? I'm in Utah in the Salt Lake Valley, and it just feels like it's been snowing every single day. And I check the forecast, and there's no snow in the forecast. And then I wake up the next morning, and there's snow. And then it snows all morning, or it snows all evening. It's been a little crazy here. And I imagine as I've been watching the news that it may be a little crazy in your area too, if you are anywhere that gets snow. So let's stay warm and dry and talk a little bit about loss and the law of attraction. How does that all work? When we talk about the law of attraction, are we attracting this type of tragedy or loss in our life? I'm just going to tell you right now, I don't think so, but I'm going to share with you some thoughts about it. So back about a year and a half ago, I posted a painting on my Instagram account. Uh, My Instagram account is Stamping Julie Art. It's actually linked on my website, buildalifeafterloss.com, but it's mostly dedicated to my mixed media art that I enjoy doing. And I had posted this painting of an angel that I had done in honor of my daughter that I entitled Forever Safe. And one of my followers, who I don't know, responded with a question about the law of attraction. This is part of her message. I've been researching more and have an open mind more into the theory of the law of attraction. But going by those beliefs, then we manifest and attract what we want and believe. And the Christian in me wants to say that everything happens for a reason. But this is one of those things I cannot fathom anybody wanting to manifest or attract. It's also one of those things I can't see the reason for happening. And to lose not one, but both of your children on Mother's Day of all days, I guess it's not for me to know the purpose. Maybe to understand the purpose is to know what we are not yet supposed to know or out of our ability to understand. But why on that day of all days? What a reminder every year. You are a lot stronger of a woman than I am because I would be a pile on the floor unable to move. Then again, I guess it's easy to say that now. You'd have to keep going on and you're proof of that. What an inspiring strong woman you must be. My heart breaks for you and I'm holding back tears for you and I don't even know you. This brings tears to my eyes, her message. May you be reunited with them eternally in heaven when our time here is done. These are the things that bring me back to my faith. I spent several weeks actually pondering this message from this follower. And I actually had responded on that thread with a long message and apparently Instagram didn't like how long my response was. So it wouldn't allow me to actually post it after I had created it. So I created a whole new post a few months later. And this was my response. A few months ago, I received a beautiful heartfelt response from a follower about the death of my children. 
I wrote a long response that wouldn't post, so I'm reproducing some of it here finally. Interestingly, I had just started learning about the law of attraction before the accident. I had some of the same questions, but as a Christian too, I knew that there was a higher power and a higher purpose for everything we experience. I was a pile on the floor for a long, long time. When we love deeply, we grieve deeply, and that's as it should be. Ten years later, I still have occasional bad days, but mostly my life is full of joy and acceptance. That's why I feel strongly about sharing my story. I want everyone to feel that it's meaningful and right to grieve deeply, to have a string of terrible days and nights for months and even years after a tremendous loss. It's equally okay during our deep grief to see good in the world, to experience moments of joy even during our pain. Eventually, the joy is more often until the day when the joy is more frequent than the raw, devastating pain. Back to the law of attraction. I have become a student of this law. When we oversimplify it, it can seem like all bad that enters our life is a result of our thoughts. At a deeper level, our thoughts do bring much about much but not everything in our life. Because our thoughts, feelings, and actions affect our immediate world so much, it is good to consciously consider what we are thinking and make changes to our thought process to change our feelings and thus our vibration to attract all that is good and right. I truly believe that this makes a huge difference, but our human experience is not supposed to be all good and beautiful, and we do not live in this world in isolation. How could we feel the joy, happiness, and loveliness around us if we didn't also experience the devastation, sadness, and ugliness too? I think when we accept that all moments are not filled with happiness, we can live in our sadness, anxiety, and funk in a more serene way. I believe in a God who knows our sorrows, is there for us, and wants us to learn. So that was my response to this follower several months ago. And as I've thought more and more about the law of attraction and how that all correlates with our losses, I've had even more thoughts about it. You know, as a Christian, as a believer in God, and I believe there is a higher power and a higher purpose. And I think all of us can look to a higher power, regardless of what that looks like for us. And I was a pile on the floor because when we love deeply, we do grieve deeply. And as I shared in that message, now 11 years later, I still have bad days and that's okay too. And mostly my life is filled with love and joy and purpose. And I do share my story because I want everyone to feel it's okay to grieve deeply, to have a string of bad days after a devastating loss like the death of a child. Also, it's okay to feel joy and happiness during the intense grief. It's all okay. Nothing is wrong with you. This is normal. And so often the information out there about grieving is not helpful. And that's what our friends and family that are around us, they're watching us grieve. That's the information they have too. So they're totally unprepared often. Even if they've experienced their own loss, they haven't received good information. They're still totally unprepared to support you and your grief. And everyone is so different. We are all so unique. Our relationships are unique. Our personal makeup is unique. Our emotional makeup is so different that 
the experience is going to be uniquely ours. And so no one can tell us how long we should be sad or how soon we should be happy. But the one thing that I do know is that when we don't trust ourselves, when we don't allow these emotions, when we, we end up stuffing them down and that creates a whole lot of problems for us. For me, the first few months were a fuzzy haze of deep sorrow. And every once in a while, I'd find myself laughing at someone's joke or at a movie, and it felt foreign and frankly wrong. But it wasn't wrong. If I had just trusted it and just said, I feel some humor right now, and that's okay. Now I know that to accept all these emotions is good. Emotions just mean we're human, all the emotions, whether you consider them positive or negative. So is sadness positive or negative? I think most of us would consider sadness negative. And yet, if you've just experienced a loss, is it negative to feel sad or does that feel right? So I would just encourage you, like I would anybody that's experienced a loss, to feel what you feel and don't add guilt and shame or other judgments to what you're feeling. Eventually, the happiness, the laughter, the joy, for me, was more often until the scale tipped in favor of joy. So we go through this period where it's you know, mostly sadness, and then the joy comes in unless we push it out. And I think that's That's one of the things that concerns me when I see some of the messages that are out there. Social media wasn't really a thing. It was, but it wasn't, it wasn't as pervasive as it is now when Carrie and David died. And so I didn't get all these messages. I I wasn't looking to Facebook for support for my grief. But now as I look at Facebook, and other social media outlets, and other things that are so prevalent, they're too often the messages are that we're just going to be stuck in this grief forever and ever. And that's what to expect. And so if that's what we expect, and this kind of goes back to the law of attraction, which is what we're going to get more into in a minute. But if what we expect is pain forever, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. And if we, if we connect the love of our child with the pain of losing that child, we will be in pain forever because we don't want to let go of the love of our, for our child. Of course, we shouldn't. We don't want to let go of those good memories, but if we connect it with the pain of losing them, then we will always feel the pain with the love. We will always feel the pain even in the good memories. So I guess that's part of my message is, you know, let's, let's feel it all. Let's feel the joy. Let's feel the love, but let's look at the pain and see if there's some way to resolve the pain, not immediately, but work through the pain so that then we can move forward in our life and we can expect and enjoy happiness. Looking back, I can see how I delayed my joy because I second-guessed or judged my reactions to things. Like I was saying before, it's all about like accepting ourselves and trusting ourselves and trusting our reactions. And if we're feeling happiness, to allow the happiness. We don't want to push the happiness away any more than we want to necessarily push the sadness away. It's not about 
pushing and pulling. It's about allowing. It's okay to reflect and, and maybe on, on what we've experienced and maybe the way we've even responded to things. And it's okay to reflect on those things, but maybe it's not as good to be critical of ourselves. And I'm going to say that another way. It does us no good to be critical of ourselves. So when we reflect on things and we think about something that maybe we responded and it's, and we recognize that that response to that person was a response from that place of grief and pain. And we realize that that was not what we wanted. That's not what we intended. Rather than be critical of ourselves, it's an opportunity for us to be compassionate. We want compassion from, from others and we want to give compassion to others. Let's show that to ourselves. In fact, I want you to think about what does it feel like to show compassion for someone? Internally, what do you feel? What do you experience? Now, can you think about that and internalize it? Can you have that same experience for yourself? So just before the accident, I had become fairly acquainted with the idea of the law of attraction. I was actually a self-proclaimed pessimist. What I called was a realist. (laughs) That's what my name was for myself. You know, I, I tend to have, I have this creative mind, but I also have a very critical mind, very left brain sometimes. And so I always said that I was a realist. But I can tell you when you're nine years old and your Sunday school teacher comes to your door at your house to tell your mother that you are just so negative that she just doesn't know what to do with you, then that was kind of my experience. I was, I was definitely a pessimist. I put a pretty picture on it and made it sound good by calling myself a realist. But in reality, I was pretty pessimistic because realists can always find reasons why something's not going to work out. But I had become more of a student of the law of attraction. And now I look at it more as the principle of attraction. And I'm, I want to I'll tell you a little more about that too. But if we oversimplify the law of attraction, then what that means that all bad that enters our lives is a result of our thoughts. Now, I don't know if you saw the movie, The Secret. I think there was value in that movie, but there were a couple of things that even at the time that I watched it, that I was just kind of, I don't know, it just didn't sit well with me. And and maybe you had the same experience or maybe you thought differently about it, but this was my experience. I remember, and it's been a long time since I've seen the movie, but I remember a, an example they gave where a young man, I believe it was, was riding a bike and he had locked up his bike and his bike got stolen. And the message was if he had just left his bike there and had the correct thoughts that his bike wouldn't have been stolen. And that just didn't sit well with me. And maybe you've seen the movie more recently and you're going, yeah, you just didn't get that right. But that was the message that I got. And that's the message that sometimes I hear when I hear things about the law of attraction. I do think that our thoughts and our feelings do bring about much, but not everything. 
I do recognize that as I've been more intentional about my thoughts, which has made my feelings more intentional as well, it affects my immediate world. And I have seen a shift. I've seen a shift in myself. I've seen a shift in my environment. I've seen a shift in my relationships with the people around me. It's really been a beautiful thing to witness. And I love living this way. I love not being the realist that can always come up with the wrong answer or the reason why something's not going to work right. I, I often think that uh, um, my dad was an insurance agent and I was in the insurance industry for a while. And when that's, maybe that's an occupational hazard because when you're in the insurance business, what is that commercial with the guy? He's like, I am chaos or something, or uh, I don't even remember. It does seem like maybe an occupational hazard because all day long you're taking claim reports and you're, you're hearing about all the accidents. And, and it's kind of like watching the news. I mean, studies have shown that people that watch a lot of news tend to be more negative because they're seeing these, these terrible things being projected on their TV screens minute by minute by minute. And then it becomes in our mind, Oh, this is the world. This is the reality of the world. So I think it is good to consciously consider our thinking and be more intentional to attract all that's good and right. It makes a huge difference, but we do not live in isolation. So like that young man who had the bicycle and put the lock on it and the bicycle was stolen, that's not about him. That's not about him. That's about somebody else. That's about somebody else making a decision that impacted the young man with the bike, but it wasn't a reflection of him. And that's my personal thoughts on it. I do think that we have to experience opposition. I do believe that we can't really enjoy happiness without also experiencing sadness, that the one informs the other. Quite frankly, I feel like my life is so much fuller and so much more full of joy and happiness than it ever was before. And in some ways that might sound crazy. And I I don't often share that because I don't want anybody to think that I would have chosen this path or that I don't miss my son and my daughter Of course I do. But when we go through really difficult things, it really impacts us and causes us to either do the work and really take stock of our life and what it is we want and how we want to live. It just makes a huge difference. And I'm, I'm grateful for that peace. I'm grateful, tremendously grateful for the opportunity I've had to look more closely at my life and to be more intentional and to really look at what brings me happiness and joy. How can I move forward in my life with an optimistic point of view, despite the pain of the past? How can I turn this tragedy into something that my children would be honored by. 
I also think that we are impacted, like I said before, we're, we don't live in isolation. So we're impacted by other people's missions, by their desires, by their choices, by their destiny. And I do believe in God and that he responds to our need. He doesn't shield us from all difficulty. He wants us to learn and grow and to reconcile our loss. The law of attraction sometimes teaches that if we just hope and dream, and again, I'm oversimplifying, and and some of you may disagree with my assessment of it, but a lot of times it just it asks us to hope and dream and just to kind of live in this state of, you know, we already have these things and there is room for that. And there's place for that for sure. I think that if we live our day to day and we don't have some sense of our values and where we're going and what our vision is for our future, then we don't really have much of anything. I mean, honestly, it's all about what we truly believe in and what we want to do moving forward. One definition for the law of attraction is, I attract to my life whatever I give my attention, energy, and focus to, whether positive or negative. Some principles of attraction would be along the lines of using mindfulness and positivity and visualization. When we visualize what we want, when we can think about what our thoughts are and how we can choose, we can choose what our thoughts are. We can be accountable for our actions. We can base our goals on values. So when I think about the law of attraction, sometimes it seems a little loose and maybe not as anchored in principles or scientific evidence. Whereas if you go back and you listen to my episode on positive psychology, the positive psychology is is saying that if we live these principles, we will attract the good in our life. That as people do learn how to be happy in their day-to-day their productivity increases, their ability to attain goals increases, their ability to form lasting and valuable relationships increase. So there are definitely principles of attraction that can help us as we move forward. However, thinking that in some way our thinking, even negative thinking, has caused our loss is a terrible thing to think. And I wouldn't wish that on anyone. And I just, I, again, I just want to tell you, you get to believe what you want to believe. I want you to believe that you did not attract this loss into your life. So if you hear about the law of attraction and you hear that you are creating your experience everything in your experience, whether it's good or bad, I want you to be careful and remember that you aren't attracting everything in your life, that there are things that happen regardless of our thoughts. On the other hand, as we create a mind that is purposeful and mindful 
and intentional, we can have huge impact on our life, which then again impacts those around us. So I would invite you to use the principles of attraction, the principles of positive psychology, the the principle of gratitude, the principle of vision to create, to create your life in the way you want it to, to go and the way that you want to impact the people around you, the way you want to live your life. A few weeks ago, I shared in one of my episodes about how I created a vision board. A vision board to me is is a, a goal board. It's a, a board of things that I would like to see in my life, the goals that I have ahead of me. And I shared the story about how I had put this trip on my vision board and then I won this prize and I went on this trip. And a lot of people would go, see, that's proof that the law of traction works because I put it on the board and then I won this prize. I'm not positive that I won that prize because of any law of attraction as much as it was I won the prize and because I had this goal, I knew how I wanted to use that prize. I would love, love, love to hear your feedback on this whole idea. I do think that as whatever we focus on expands. And so, for example, let's look at our relationships. If I focus on something that my husband's doing that's annoying me, what is my experience going to be like? But if instead I choose to focus on my gratitude for him and all the things that I appreciate about him and all the things that he does for me, what's my experience going to be like? So that's very much the principle of attraction. As we look for things, we're going to find them. When you buy a red car, all of a sudden there's a million red cars on the road. When you, when you have a friend that has just been diagnosed with some illness, all of a sudden you know 50 people with that illness. That's a terrible example, but you get the idea. It's, it's like, when, when we start to notice something, when something impacts us, all of a sudden we see a lot of it. So that's why we, we want to be really thoughtful about where we put our attention because where we put our attention is what we're going to see. So that's why I wanted to focus on the principles of attraction rather than the law of attraction, which to me just feels like it's a little too overarching and maybe not as helpful as far as how we move forward. With the principle of attraction, you can set goals, you can determine what you want, you can look at the positives that you want in your life. So for example, if you're unhappy with your car, first of all, I would invite you to be grateful for your car that gets you from point A to point B. That's your first step. But Also, instead of just focusing on how much you don't like your car, you want to think about what is your goal? What kind of car would you like to be driving? And can you focus on that? And then can you determine if there's steps that you can take to get that car so that you can have a better experience so that maybe your your old crappy car is breaking down once every three weeks and it's not become viable anymore. Now you want to focus on what you do want. Always, that's what you want to do. Every time you have a thought about, 
oh, I just hate this old crappy car. Think, think about what you do want. What happens when we think about what we do want is all of a sudden the possibilities open up for us. I was working with a client a few months ago and we were working on her business and she had pretty much gotten to the point where she was just doing the minimums. She was just doing what she needed to, to get by. And then as we were working together, we opened up her thoughts and her mind around the possibilities. Was it possible for her to look beyond the minimum mark and choose a mark above that? And guess what happened? Over the next few months, she not only reached this much higher goal that she had, but it came in a way that was was wonderful because she was she was looking, she was noticing things. She had expanded her mind to the possibility. And I think that's all about the principles of attraction. When we expand our mind and our thoughts and we entertain the ideas that maybe there's something more for us out there, then we have the opportunity to expand our mind and all of a sudden those things that we want beyond what we currently have become those red cars and we see them everywhere. And it opens our minds and when things come up towards us, when we hear of an opportunity, because we know what we want, we know how that fits into our goal. Thanks for listening to me share my thoughts on the law of attraction. Again, I would love to hear your thoughts on this topic. You can go to buildalifeafterloss.com or to our Facebook page, Build a Life After Loss, and share some of your thoughts there. I would love to hear them. Also, on the buildalifeafterloss.com, you'll see a tab that says Work with Julie. On that page, you can request a time to talk with me. This is a free service and I would love to talk with you, hear more about where you are right now and what you hope for in your future. Remember, I believe in you. Have a wonderful week.